Bigger than cakes. Give me some more silence. Hello, welcome to Bigger Than Capes. I'm Zach, and this week I'm joined by Angela. What's up? How you doing? I'm Why doing am I talking all... like this? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine, dude. Yes. <laughs> it was all really weird. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, let's no, just well, go with it. Yeah. Um, here we are. and <laughs> Yes, discussing things. Yes. Um, this week, we're going to be discussing one of our top books of 2021. Declan Shelby, Rory McConville, Joe Palmer, Chris O'Halloran and Hassan Otsmane Alahu's Time Before Time. Yes. And not Time After Time, as I keep thinking of it in my head. Easy mistake to make. Yeah. Um, our recent research has shown that there's quite a few time travel stories already using the time after time moniker i guess that's part of the thing here um also i guess time before time gives you that you know it's not what you're expecting you're expecting time after time so yeah but it's the time before time it's that's right before time yeah um so before we dive into this one i was gonna try and have a weird conversation of our history with time travel and yes um no that's that sounds like we have time <laughs> our history with time travel stories that's yeah no we've not literally been <laughs> pinging back and forth through time i mean speak for yourself um, so i guess i'm quite into time travel stories i know you are as well yeah. so the the question becomes then why because time is an artificial construct created by mankind in order to make sense of the linear existence in which we live and it's kind of fun to play around with that concept yeah all right um. <laughs> it's you know it, it's kind of interesting sort of you know what if and we've all had those moments where something's happened and we've got God, if only I'd have done this before, or if only I could go back and change this, um, or if only I could go forward and see how this turns out. And it's just a very persuasive concept that it's kind of fun to see, well, all the possibilities of being able to go forward or backward in time. And I mean, physicists have basically said you can probably go forward in time, but you'll probably never be able to go backward. To which I say, you've clearly not read H.G. Wells. <laughs> right easier to go back than it is forward apparently yeah um but there you are so yeah it's just it's an interesting idea it's a what it's like the ultimate what if yes okay yeah that's fair i'll i'll give you that um follow-up question then what Mm. what was the first time travel story film tv show audio book that (laughs) We didn't have audiobooks, we call them records. Um, although I did have, I did have several things that were, that could be classified as audiobooks, but they were in records. Anyway, probably reading the book Tom's Midnight Garden, 
as a seven-year-old. And that's a very basic time travel thing in that at midnight, the clock strikes and Tom goes downstairs and he ends up in the Edwardian period um, and has numerous adventures. And it's the kind of time travel story that you don't realise is a time travel story until you get to the end of the book and the little girl he played with is the old woman who lives upstairs kind of thing. And it's like, ooh, ooh. So all along, all along he was actually going back in time. Um yeah, that was probably the first time travel thing. That and Star Trek The Voyage Home, the one with the whales, where they go back in time to the 80s. The one with the whales. The one with the whales, and they have to save planet Earth from a marbled cylinder with a ball of light dangling off the end. So they decide to go back in time to the 1980s and rescue some humpback whales who can speak to the aliens and plead the case and please don't destroy the planet. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's almost like The Voyage Home was made, I don't know, like near the 1980s, if not in the 1980s, and it was incredibly convenient to travel there. (laughs) Yes. And also there's that classic bit where they arrest Chekhov because he's asking where all the nuclear vessels are, (laughs) which is just... As a child, that went pretty much over my head because by but the as time an adult. I, yeah, as an adult, I was like, yeah, that was quite, that was quite amusing. Thank you very much. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was my probably the earliest, and if you're counting Flight of the Navigator because he ends up eight years in the future, that was also one of my early experiences with time travel. What about you, Zach? What was your earliest time travelly experience? Sorry. Was was undiscovered country really nineteen ninety one? I'm afraid it was. Yes. God, it it, it feels like it must be older than that. <laughs> mm. I get. I guess that's in keeping with my understanding of time travel. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't know what that meant. Um, for me, I I think the first thing was probably. Um. So when I was a child, was that fallow period of Doctor Who between yeah between 89 and the movie in 96 and then the actual proper 2005 yeah so we didn't really have that much Doctor Who but for some reason I seem to see a lot of the old Doctor Who so in no particular order though and with no real grasp of what was actually going on which is very much just like watching Doctor Who in order um yeah Especially before, like, 2005 onwards, we have, like, series arcing narratives and... Yeah. I'm not sure we ever really got that prior to that. Everything was kind of one and done. Maybe a two-parter here and there. Um, And Except Trial of a Time Lord, which went on for far too bloody long. Colin Baker. (laughs) Moving on. Mm. There's, there's only one baker that's you know yes we'll get into that a different time um so i think early doctor who and then i i never thought of it as a time travel film at the time but um i was really into that like 1997 lost in space oh it, yes and yeah i i guess i never realized that there's they just keep jumping through time at one point, don't they? Because there's yeah 
they see the ship as if it had been crashed on the planet for years. We have Dr. Zachary Smith as a like 12 foot tall spider monster. Oh, the yeah. pain, the pain. Um, eh. Still good, right? I've not seen it in about 15 years. How, how badly can it have aged, really? I mean, it'll still hold up. I mean, a lot of films from the 90s hold up, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it'll be fine. Gary Oldman's great in it, from what I recall. I think Gary Oldman's great in most things, to be fair. True. That's... And it, I think it is, though, Matt LeBlanc's greatest work. It's the first role he played that wasn't Joey, right? Yeah, pretty much. That's my understanding of it. Um, yeah. He has that cool armor that's like, I don't know, yeah. like a shutter <laughs> on the segmented. front of a shop. That yeah. Like... yeah, that sort of, yeah, goes away and around, yeah. Uh, Works well. Um, following that, I uh, stuff like Back to the Future, I know I watched yeah. endlessly as a kid and also mm. as an adult. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, Bill and Ted. And their excellent adventures. You could say, an occasional bogus journeys. Although, do they yeah. time travel in bogus journey? I can't remember if they time travel in bogus uh, journey. I, I guess they do. They go. They at least go forward because they get station. And Yes, they do. I just never... I never enjoyed it as much as excellent adventures. I think the problem is, is you make a film as good as that, it's very difficult to do a sequel. It it's was... it's a challenge, yeah. You, I've still not seen the third one, but nor have I. I. I think the first was a particular high, so following it was harder. Um, yeah. So I think that's that gives a little bit of a yeah. That's a little <laughs> bit of a flavour of our time travel. Time travel. Yeah. Interest. You got anything more recent that you uh, want to shout out? Or? I mean, I'm mostly stuck in the 90s. Uh, yeah, there is that. Cry- crime Traveller, which no one's heard of but me. Good, Fairly sure. Know, go back it, in time, solve crime. If it wasn't Work. for the IMDb page, I'd be sure you'd made it up. <laughs> a lot of people think that. Quantum Leap, which is again early 90s and is kind of, it's more of a social commentary than time travel. Um, it can be both. It can be both. I mean, I'm trying to think, sort of, is there... I mean, could can we count? I mean, it's 2009. Can we count the first of the Abrams Star Trek films? Because technically Nero goes back in time and Kirk's dad ends up dying. I might be pushing that one, I feel. I feel like you're pushing it, but... I'm really pushing that. I'll kind of allow it. Uh, Looper. Let's go with Looper, because that's a thing... Looper is, is a good shout, and I also feel like Looper has some common DNA with Time Before Time. That's partly why I picked it out of this list that I'm currently looking at, going, oh, yeah, I enjoyed that, and oh, yeah, that was terrible. Um, there's more terribles. There's not a lot of, yeah, there's not a lot of good... Time travel's hard to do well. It's quite easy to just throw it in there as a concept, but it's... It's difficult to do something new with it, which is... Definitely. I, I think whilst 
there's been a lot of time travel stories. I think we, we do get stuck on the good guy goes back to try and improve the present by changing the past. The oh, yeah. Or the the opposite, you know, the bad guy tries to travel back in time to make things worse. Or, and then you've got, then oh. the good guy has to follow the bad guy to fix the timeline. Yeah, like um talked about it last year. What was it? Mm. Mm, yes. Gonna get mm. there. Ivar. Ivar the That's the one. There you go. Um, there you go. Let's kill Hitler, but not. Yeah, let's kill Hitler, but not. Um yeah. Ivar Timewalker kind of deals with the idea of, you know, why people can't succeed in going back in time to Yeah. Kill Hitler. Because yeah. everyone stood around arguing about who gets to kill Hitler. Yeah. Um <laughs> and I I think comics don't do time travel as frequently as you might expect, if that makes sense. They definitely don't, because I was trying to think of recent comics that involve time travel, and I'm really struggling. So, Ivar, but Aside like from five Ivar. years ago. Yeah. Um, you got things like a Squirrel Girl. She did some time oh, traveling. Yeah, she did some time travel. She did some interdimensional travel. She did some space travel. She's done all the travels. And um, is Exiles time travel or just like? I feel like that's more interdimensional, but I could be wrong. Kang is definitely involved sometimes. He is. Um, but yeah, the upshot is that there's been not. It's kind of weird that a concept that's so common in science fiction in film and television and other medias doesn't really crop up as much in comic books as one might expect it's it's interesting especially in stuff like like if we look at image comics the last time travel book i can really think of is paper girls which has been a good few years now Mm -hmm. and whilst really good, is completely different to time before time. And I guess that's part of the reason we don't have that many time travel stories is you have to do something that is distinctly different from what else is happening. Yeah. Um, Paper Girls, I think, did that. And, like, the, the world, the space between Paper Girls and, like, Ivar Time Walker or Squirrel Girl is pretty massive. Yep, it is. And time before time kind of takes some of those elements from Looper, so the um the crime elements, the kind of reflection of a future not so distant from our own. Yeah. Ideas like that, which we see in Looper, we also see in Time Before Time. And I think yeah, whilst they're not that similar in actual storytelling, I feel like there's a similar feel to the overall world being built. Yes. Um, I think we see here in Time Before Time that really get to in time travel. Like here we deal with the idea of kind of different organized crime 
rackets running periods of time. Yes. Which I'm not sure I've ever seen anyone do. I mean, okay, we kind of get in Paper Girls that in the future, you know, there's a group that run the world. And I mean, we get that in a lot of time travel stories, but yeah. I don't think it's ever having it that the only people who can time travel are criminals is yeah. kind of weird and kind of different. Um, I guess we should probably like do the premise of the book. We should, yeah, we, we could do that. Um, yeah. We've done that classic us thing of, of diving <laughs> in before explaining the concept. Would you like to take this or would you like me to see what I can do? I mean, I can basically read the blurb off the back. I mean, if, if that's the and way you want to do this. And then we can expand upon it. So, in 2140, to escape a world with no future, many turn to the Syndicate, a criminal organisation that for the right price will smuggle you back in time to the promise of a better yesterday. Tatsuo, a syndicate smuggler, wants to leave his life of crime behind, but when an FBI agent, I'm going to name her, she's called Nadia, disrupts his escape plan, they both find themselves hunted across time by his former employers. To me, that doesn't really do it a great deal of justice, because um, there's a whole subplot as to why Tatsuo wants to escape the syndicate, um, why Nadia wants to get revenge on the syndicate. Um and uh, also the fact that they end up with the Union, who are the Syndicate's arch-rivals, and the Union control one period of time, um, and they find themselves caught in the middle of the Syndicate and the Union, all the while trying to work out what their next move is going to be. There's, there's some argument, Angela, that if you put all that in the blurb... Um... <laughs> Do you think that might take away from the back and we won't be able to have you know, quotes from people like Jonathan Hickman and Charles Sewell and comicbook.com. That also, that that you've got to read the book, Angela, I mean. Okay, there is that, yeah. <laughs> you've got to sell okay. the book to somebody. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was sold to me based on purely the letterer, so that was fine. Yeah, I worry about you sometimes. Yeah, um, I worry about me too. To, to be fair, ha- Hassan's lettering is pretty great so far. Yeah. Um, I. So uh, there will be spoilers. I think. Is yeah, the, you, you can't discuss this without hitting spoilers. Which actually leads on to one of my favourite things in this is that there is a point where uh, Tatsuo says to Nadia that the union don't like spoilers. Yes. <laughs> so. Don't te- unless they ask. Don't tell them anything. Which, in itself, because yeah. th- her response is, "But they have time machines." But <laughs> yeah, th- there is a beauty to that. That as as a detail, I I like it a lot. I think that's. I think this is a book with a lot of great detail. I think yeah, there's a lot of little moments that kind of build a bigger world quite smoothly and yeah because i mean it's quite time travel as a concept can be quite oh what are the rules what do you do what's all this and it's all really organically explained like there's just like i say it's little moments you don't there is exposition but 
you don't need like masses of exposition to actually understand what's going on, which is a sign that the world and the concepts really simple enough at least to understand without needing all of that mm. and it just means that you don't have to worry with too much long exposition you can just get to the core of the story and the plot yeah very much so i think yeah the exposition we do get is kind of casually slipped in between other things um I think the world is built quite nicely between issues. I don't think it doesn't feel like there's an issue spent setting up the world. It feels like yeah. we get quite a lot of character work in the first issue. And yeah. that I think the character work continues as does the world building throughout. Yeah. Um, there's some little details that I find really interesting, like, everyone's trying to buy their way to the past to get out of 2141. Yeah. Because there's no future. However, we see the future. So yeah, there's an interesting depth to it of everyone trying to flee to the past because things will be better in the past, even though the future, okay, the future doesn't look great, but the future's there and established and, it's exists. known that a thousand years from this, there's still a story, there's still a future, which maybe I'm adding a lot to this, but I don't know if it's a commentary on the way people are. <laughs> I mean, it certainly feels like that because, particularly at the moment, nostalgia is big business. Everyone wants to go back to, and I get why, because you know the last five, seven, ten years um have not been fun you know politically there's been a pandemic bad stuff's happened and i get why people want to go back to sort of a more golden era like there's a lot of 1980s nostalgia going on but i'm mm. thinking yeah but we didn't have the internet in our houses Mobile phones were the preserve of the... I mean, I love that that's even brought up in, like, the very first few pages where this young lad is sent back to 1987 and is horrified that there's, like, no Wi-Fi. And that just... And I think that is a that is a good point, is, like, yeah, you could go back to an era and you can get all nostalgic about, you know, the 70s when there were power cuts and rubbish piling in the streets and life was pretty terrible for people generally. But people don't see that. They go, yeah, but look at all the media that came out in the 1970s. That was really cool. And they're like, yeah, but also it was terrible for people. And I think that there is a certain commentary about we think of the past as this, you know, great era where things were a lot simpler, and life was just shittier in a different way. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's easy to smooth over the glaring negatives in the eye of nostalgia and i think that's very clearly featured in this that yeah running to 1987 running to 2042 might be better than where you are now but he's probably bad in his own ways yeah um and i think that's something they do a good job of portraying that no matter what time period we see 
uh, Tatsuo in. It kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think there's anywhere we see in this that looks great. There's a good, which also ties in like, the, the depiction of different time periods, the kind of subtle changes in colouring and yeah. things like that, really. I think th- there's casual or maybe more subtle than casual changes in kind of clothing design and the architecture of things yeah. which show different time periods but i think there's also a good effort to show that things don't change uh to show that things don't change that much like we see i don't know 2093 or something like that and it's yeah. not wildly different from now which is probably more accurate than we might want to admit i think we see in a lot of time travel a wildly different future like a few years away like yeah hover cars i mean there's back to yeah. the future is a perfect example because you know oh yeah you know 2015 we'll have hover cars and fax machines in our houses which was such a 1980s concept um yeah. And in reality, it's not. And we are now further from 1985 than Marty was when he was in 1985 to 1955. So we don't, hoverboards don't exist. We don't all wear shiny caps. And you think, yeah, I get why you did that filmically, but also that's not how the world evolves. But technically, the architecture between 1985 and 2015 in Back to the Future yeah. doesn't change that much. Yeah, which is one of the few good things. It's almost like there's only so much you could do with the Universal Studios backlot. It's almost like there's a budget involved, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, like I said, that's what I like. It's different enough to go, oh yeah, that isn't today, but it's the near future. Mm. And I, I think even... When we see, you know, two thousand, well, over a thousand years from now in thirty four fifty five, man, I'm just throwing years at you right now. Yeah, there's some years going on. Um, I kind of feel like we still see a recognizable future. It's not this completely distorted utopia that we. I think we get used to seeing people go a, th- a thousand years into the future and everything's weirdly rounded off and point uh, and kind of pointy yeah. at the top and, and and white and yeah yeah there's water everywhere and really well trimmed trees and such and yeah box I, hedges yeah <laughs> here it's kind of nice that we see that no matter when it is it's chaos. Yeah. And it's not any cleaner or nicer or better organised. And people are still just about managing to survive. Yeah. Um, one of the things that kind of bookends this is, um, which we see in 2141 and 3455, yeah. I think, is kind of Oscar and Tatsuo's. Um. Oscar, yeah. Which is devastating, so thanks for yeah. that, guys. But, uh, yeah. yeah, oh, God, Oscar. 
Um, which is interesting because it's one of the few parts of the plot that takes place without Nadia is the opening issue where we basically see that Oscar is sent to 3455 to collect a parcel, which he fails to do so because he's arrested and a lot of bad things happen and he's basically trapped there for, if my maths are correct, 34 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is a long time. And he is definitely worse for wear when he comes back. He's to... very much, yeah. I mean, he's completely broken. And... You kind of feel like at that point that's the last we're going to see of Oscar. And we are kind of treated to this build-up to that where, as friends, they're both kind of planning to get out. They're going to steal a pod, go to a better time yeah. period, get a, run away from it all, because they realise they're never going to get out by working off their debt to the syndicate. Yeah, because the debt to the syndicate is basically... Uh... It's a con, basically. It it never ends, and there's constantly less pods, and there's constantly more to pay for, so... Yeah. The syndicate's forever. Um, but that contrast, where at the end we see Oscar again... Yeah. I think... He's utterly heartbreaking, and yet possibly the best... <laughs> The best thing in this, in a way, it's yeah. Um, I it it kind of presents us with a, a world where even characters that we don't think we're going to ever see again can still appear yeah. because these people are going to end up going to the same places. And I think that's something we avoid in time travel because it gets so complicated. I think a lot of time travel stories tiptoe around the idea that what if these characters meet in different orders? And I know Doctor Who, River Song, whatever, or (laughs) um, the Valiant equivalent with Neela Seti and Ivar. And things never happen in the right order. The idea that while Tat's best friend Oscar isn't there through this story with him, another version of Oscar can be. And it kind of opens up the possibilities of how characters can interact with one another and how the universe can fold back on itself throughout the storytelling being done across time periods, um, which kind of means that, I don't know, the family from 1987 or the serial killer in 1963, whilst seeming like throwaway bits of world building, can come back to matter. They're not throwaway bits. Can confirm... All that you have seen is going to be important. Like, no one is completely gone off the stage with this. They're just waiting in the wings. 
So, yeah, there is some stuff that happens here that I have only just in the last issue gone, oh, my goodness, so that's that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, like I said, that's one of the real strengths is that no one's ever really gone because there's always another time period they can crop up in. Which in in itself is one of the things that I know frustrates people about time travel stories. But when it's done well and when you're along with it is great. Yeah. And, and I know we've seen there's there's classic examples of stuff like um Endgame or Back to the yeah. Future 2, where people get really frustrated because um or tenor tenor is a good example where people can't keep up with what's going on so they get really annoyed about it and decide it's not good and it's like no it is it's confusing don't get me wrong i've yeah i think we've all done the thing where we map out just how many time periods and how many timelines there are in back to the future too it's too many um but it shows a great consideration for what you you can only do that with time travel. The yeah, or you know, dimension hopping. You can do this whole complicated, multi-tiered, um, everything happening at once but all over the place kind of thing. And I think when it's done well, it's kind of the best. And I'll yeah. I'll admit, and we've we've touched on this in previous episodes that part of this is us being, you know. Uh, raised on 90s TV where everything was yeah. time loops, dimension hopping, Ding, yeah. dinosaurs and robots. All the good things <laughs> in life. So so I think now we're probably more game for a book like this than some people will yeah. be. But it's good. It's good. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how to say that and not sound like an idiot but it's it's so good it's so good i mean it's got really clever world building it's got really it's got really strong characterization which i think is one of its real strengths because often in time travel if you're not careful the whole concept of time travel kind of runs roughshod over characterization back to the future too um (laughs) sorry um but here it's like it's all completely integral like the characterization grows through the time travel and the concept and vice versa and it's just really really well done and it's really impressive that it manages to balance that out and the art works really well it just Mm. fits the tone and the characterization and even you know the concept and it's it's just really good, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 a really strong book, and I yeah, I think it's one of the best uses of time travel I've seen since you know they had to go back and save some whales. I I agree, and I think it's more than time travel being a plot device or a piece of of a grander puzzle i think we see that time we see time travel in this as a part of the syndicate's life and the see radiation pills everyone's taking and tat throws up 
pretty aggressively from t- time to I mean, to that, that is and a very impressive bit of art. Never has Bath looked so, you know, <laughs> disgusting and yet also in keeping with a concept. Most definitely. It's, it, it is a sight to behold. Um, it really is, which is a good thing and a bad thing, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's also nice to see time travel when it's not attractive and not yeah perfect. The fact that the pods, some are bad and some are way worse. I Some are basically a cage with a dial on. <laughs> yeah, and it looks, it, it doesn't look pleasant. It's not turn time travel into this, you know, sleek, sexy, appealing mm. thing. It's made... It's made that time travel sucks, and that's yeah. kind of works in the context of this. I think the idea that it's not a good time and it's expensive and it's hard and it's radiation poisoning, poisoning, and it's yeah. throwing up as soon as you arrive. It's and it's run by criminals. It's not a pleasant experience, and it's not a pleasant concept. Yes, and we are. We talked earlier about rules, and we are basically told that there are rules, and that it's impossible to change what's already happened. But everything's already happened. This is yeah. We, we kind of see used as a bargaining tool. That I know that before this date in twenty one forty one, there wasn't an attack on the syndicate. But after that date, even yeah. though we know the same that in twenty ninety three the union don't want to hear any spoilers which means from their point of view anything yeah. can happen which is this rolling thing that anytime we're told it's impossible nothing can change they're also then constantly changing so yeah. it's it's an interesting complicated thing we're also told by oscar that they could create a paradox so yeah. It begs a lot of questions, and I think the the more you try and iron out the rules of time travel for stories, the harder it gets. Yes, yeah. And it can get in the way of telling a good story, but I think here time travel is treated as if it's something that's fully understood, but I don't think that's true. Yeah, it's like there are these rules, but if there were these rules, then you would know this, but you don't know this, so... What's, what's so going are there on? any rules? So are there any rules? What's going on, guys? Like, is there a predestined end to this that someone in, you know, 3455 has already seen and is already aware of? And, yeah. And is it the robot? Is it, is, is it, yeah. Kevin I can't remember robot. his name. Kevin, Kev, thank you. Yeah, Kevin. It's not said in this, and I know it's said it's in not future said in issues. Yeah, said in future issues is Kevin, which is the best name for a robot. And, and I was sure it couldn't be Kevin because um, the robots in, well, some of the robots in Final Space are called Kevin, and yeah, I was determined no. that it couldn't still be Kevin. Yeah, but of course it, it can be. It is. And, <laughs> I mean, this is just the first volume. Um, the second volume will be out sometime soon, I assume. We must be close to the end of the second. We arc, are close right? I think the second arc actually finishes in issue 12. It's quite a lot. The second arc is quite a long one. Yes. Because we do have, like, the one-shot 
Um, yes. Um, which is flipping heartbreaking and really pushes the whole concept because it, it's from the point of view of the people who are relocated rather than the syndicate or the union. It's just the ordinary people who've been relocated mm. to the past and it's it's just absolutely tragic. It's just heartbreaking. It's really good, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Um, but absolutely heartbreaking. Um, and then we start picking up the second arc, which has got sort of different threads to it. Um, Nadia's lost family is sort of the focus, but then Tat's got his own little side quest, one might say. Um, but it is it is the kind of book that it does get better. It sounds ridiculous to say it gets better every issue. Maybe it doesn't get mm. huge leaps and bounds, but it just feels like a book that starts off really good and then it just becomes even better. Um, and it is really... I'm really looking forward to seeing where the end of the second arc ends. I hope we get a third arc because I think as well, it's got quite a lot of mileage in it as a concept. I agree. I think every issue has been great so far. And this is one of those books where I I didn't know if it was going to be a one volume and done or an ongoing or I think the last couple of, Declan Shelby books, uh, Savage Town and Bog Bodies, were both like a one and done kind of story. Yeah. So I was surprised when this was an ongoing, but I think it really suits it. I think the the longer you can keep this going, the more layers you can add, the more yeah, um, and the more rewarding it can be to read through. I read all this in singles and then rereading as a trade there's so much that you forget i think oh yeah it it benefits from being reread and i think it benefits from reading it in different formats as well um it's interesting because when you you reviewed most of this all of this all, all of this, this i have for, reviewed all of this yes um for the website and on the first issue review i wasn't sure you were into this but <laughs> Here we are. It's kind of, and here we are, and it's one of my favourite books. Um, no, it wasn't. It's kind of interesting, because I read it, and then I wrote the review, which I've learnt now. I need to read things at least twice before I actually write a review. Because I read it, I wrote the review, and then I went back and read it again, and I was like, actually, <laughs> yeah, this is better than I gave it credit for i can't remember what else i was reading that week maybe it got lost in the melee but i only read it once and then when i read it again i was like actually this is a lot better than what i put in the review and then Mm. by the third issue i was like i am totally sold give me more tomorrow please yes which is fair i think we've you know this is what the second third time we've talked about this we've mentioned it in our best of 2021 article and podcast or best of 20, yeah, 2021. God, we're in 2022. Yeah, oh, time is... time is a concept. Jesus. Slipping away. Yeah. Um, I don't know what my point was going to be. We mentioned it in those things. Yes, we've talked about it quite a lot, and I think with good reason. This is one of those comics that I think if you're into sci-fi, you're going to be into this, and if you're into time travel, 
Definitely. Even if you're not into time travel, I think there's so many other things. There's some real genuine emotion and it's kind of a gritty crime story Mm. with legit emotions and also time travel and yeah it's hard to know who wouldn't be into it i think you know nothing is for everyone i get that a lot of people would be into this um i really i'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes and how it gets there i think yeah it it still feels like I think the the problem with any book of this nature is it's kind of hard to conclusively talk about it because who the hell yeah. knows where it's gonna go? Yeah, it <laughs> it, it continually surprises me because there's stuff coming out now that I think I did not see that coming. I did not think we were gonna go there. I'm glad we are because I like when things aren't predictable, um, and this is very unpredictable, but in a Definitely. really good way. And I feel like we've got a, a multitude of, like, not even necessarily villains, but, like, antagonists. Yeah. Um, Helgi is obviously, Helgi, you know, yeah. right up there. But then we've, we've got uh, Karina from The Union, who yeah. seems almost more sinister than Helgi at times. You know, in a way. And you've got Madeline, the double... Agent. Yes, the double agent. Spoilers. <laughs> yes. Uh well, I mean we said there were going to be spoilers. Yeah. It's hard to avoid. It's hard to avoid spoilers. Um but yeah, I think there's a lot of different antagonists and in quite quick succession, which is Yeah, because you think in- Helgi's gonna be the bad guy. And certainly when I read the first issue, I thought, oh yeah, Helgi's gonna be the bad guy, and it turns out there are lots of people who are actually the the antagonists of this it's not just Helgi there's a lot of people and I think that well I guess that's kind of the nature of being told that all of these almost all the characters we have are you know organized crime rings and yeah yeah it it should make sense it should be expected that they're not all going to be great people but it's still a surprise that they're all really bad people (laughs) Um, but I guess it also gives potential for people to come good. I mean, I still think there's characters that we kind of see both sides of with, um, you know, Fang, Merv. Yeah, there are, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spoil some later issues because there are, there is hints in later issues of some of the, the syndicate, maybe, possibly. We'll see what they do. But yeah, maybe having second thoughts or at least pondering what's going on. It's good to know, you know. Is it Wells? Yeah, watch out for Wells. That's all I'm going to say. I thought Nadia was Wells. Oh yeah, no, Nadia is Wells. <laughs> Who is Wells? Fang. I'm thinking of Fang, aren't Fang. I? Okay. I'm thinking of Fang. Yes. Um... But I don't know. I think for a first volume as well, we, we do get a lot of characters with what we've got. These just the ones I remember to write down. We have yeah, Ta- Tatsuo, Oscar, Merv, Helgi, Fang, Nadia, 
we find out her parents are John and Alice. Yeah. Um, Karina, Gabriella, Gare, Moose, Rosalind slash Madeline. Rosalind, yeah. Um, that's a lot of characters. That's like and yet ten none plus of... characters in yeah. five issues that largely are recurring. Yeah. And none of them, it it doesn't feel like any of them are just like, oh, here's just a random named character. They all, like, do things. Yes, and they're all distinctive. You can tell them all apart immediately. Um, I think we we often have a thing with kind of, like, Gare and Moose are just kind of bodies in the Union, and yet... yeah. While somewhat reminding me of like a time travel equivalent of Bulk and Skull. Um, yeah. Are immediately recognisable as their own thing, not just generic henchmen. Henchmen, yeah. Um, which is good. And I think it, it speaks a lot of Joe Palmer's art that everyone looks different. Yeah, and everyone's distinctive. Also, things we should mention in regards to art... Um, the the detail that everybody who time travels has little black dots all over them. Yep. Yeah. Which I think is something you don't get on the first read, but... No, it took me a few... And I was like, oh, yeah. It's a nice detail to kind of differentiate that, you know, Nadia's travelled in time, like, once, twice, maybe, and she's fine. But the syndicate and union members who travel more so have yeah become like marked by it which is something you know we 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 see that it's it's a rough ride through time yeah it there there are physical effects to the time travel i think it's a good detail to show that there is something seemingly permanent that comes yeah um to also, because, you know, I may as well give you the platform. Um, Hassan's lettering is... Very, very good. Pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. It's, and, it's um, very good. Big fan of the giant numbers to start to like indicate time periods, especially the yeah. really glitchy one when we don't know what year they're in. When, yeah, when they've just sort of stolen the time pod and it's all gone a bit wrong and they're just not sure where they are at all. Yeah. So, I feel like we've done that thing where we just say everything's great and we don't really have much Yeah. Um, It's all good work. We've said it on previous episodes, but I think this has been a really good year for, well, the year just gone. 2021 was a really good year. Yeah, it was. For for comics. I mean, yeah. Personally and globally, uh, it's, it's been it's, a nightmare. But yeah. in, in a in a purely comic book world, <laughs> um, been very good. Yeah, I think I- Image in particular have had a really good year, and they have not to discredit anyone else. I think yeah. it's hard to find a comic book company focus largely on indie comics, but it's hard to find an indie comic company that hasn't had a pretty great year of books yeah there's been some really strong i think most companies have at least put out one 
or more really good books. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see where those books go in 2022 and also what new books come out of it. I Yeah. I hope we continue with as good a year for new comics. Yes. And um, I hope Time Before yeah. Time stays this good. I think it yeah. will. I think it will. I have I have faith that uh, it will continue to be, uh, you know, if, if we do a best of 2022 list. <laughs> It'll be on there, probably, if we can count it, even though it started in 2021. I guess it's a bit of a judgment call as to how we break that yeah. up. Um, yeah. our, our list this year is very much focused on stuff that started in this year, in 2021. Yeah. But man, I cannot do years right now. I don't think any of us can. I think the concept of this being 2022 is just ridiculous. Not a fan, if I'm honest. No. <laughs> um, that is a lot of what I had to say. I think as far as writing goes, uh, Declan Shelby and... Rory McConville have just killed it with this. I think yeah. Joe Palmer's art and Chris O'Halloran's colouring, I think, really well complement each other. And from facial expressions to architecture to setting the mood yeah. of time periods with slight colour differences, I think they've nailed it. And I think Hassan's... I'll full name him, fine. Hassan Otsmein Alahu. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so many syllables. Um, it is. <laughs> I, I think it all ties together. And I know I've said this with so many books recently, but I think it's just a creative team working perfectly together and all bringing their absolute best to a comic. Yeah. Yeah. In anything, conclusion, anything else? <laughs> in conclusion, really good comic, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I am. Um, I'm looking forward to more of this, a lot. Yeah. So, um, is th- more I, of that? I think that might be us. I think. I that's, think that might be us. Yeah. I think we can keep going, but it's largely going to be us just agreeing yeah, we, yeah. with each other. Yeah, really um, good comic. Yeah. So, yeah, more time before time, please. Yeah. Uh, so we have been, Angela and Zach, collectively bigger than capes, yes. and will continue to be. This has been bigger. Well, I, I keep saying bigger than capes too many times. This has been bigger than capes. And remember that comics are bigger, bigger than, than capes. capes.